This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Hello, hello, and welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. This is Bree, and I am here to introduce you to another one of our top episodes here from 2023. Today, we're going to be doing an encore episode of How to Stop the Yelling. Now, this is an episode that has been highly downloaded, and I can completely understand why, because yelling is something that we all struggle with. When we get upset, we blow our fuse, we flip our lid, whatever you want to call it, we lose our cool and we just start yelling. And for a lot of us, it's not where we want to be. So in this episode, we're going to talk about why it happens, why we end up losing our cool, why we end up yelling. What are some outside factors that might be impacting us, making us feel overwhelmed and overstimulated in such a short period of time? And strategies to help you work through this next time so that you will be able to not yell, not lose your cool in the moment when things get stressful at home. So without further ado, welcome to our encore presentation of how to stop the yelling. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Brie Tucker. Wow, hello, hello, buddy. How are you? It's been it's been a week. I'm finally able to talk again. It's so nice. You you are you have those nice like up and downs in your voice and the cracks and everything too. So it it comes it comes with territory. Ah, it's like puberty. The flu puberty. I, <laughs> the pu- I feel like everyone is pretty is getting over something these days. There's always something going around. I think guess it's just being around each other again after pandemic quarantine. But um, I think it is. Yeah. But in something in your voice, however, like you can't yell very well, can you? No, no, I cannot. No. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about how to stop the yelling because it is an impulse in so many of us to just lose it and be like, what were you 
And oh. I've <laughs> Yeah, that's my go-to. Yeah. We we both have plenty of opportunities to do that this week. So we will share that with you and how we kept our cool. Our it's all about a thought process and all about like the time you're given. So uh let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So keeping your cool... Not exploding is a really, really hard thing to do. Not only is it a hard thing to do, but I think that almost everybody, we all feel guilty when it happens, like we did we did something wrong. And I'm not saying that we should be yelling at people all the time, but it's also mm-hmm. somewhat a, a reaction that we all have it sometimes. We all lose our we cool sometimes. It. So you can't beat yourself up every time. Yeah. And like, I think it's all comes down to a habit. It's a habit right now. If you find yourself yelling, habits can be broken. Habits aren't a personal like indication of like who you are as a human being. It's just a little habit. And uh, it could be kind of stemmed through through how you think about it and your mindset. And before we got on today, Brie, you were saying like how how you and I and Miguel are different. Yeah. So like it all started with, I had an incident happen last night on the way home from, um, so like Thursdays in our household is like family night. And we typically do like takeout and then <clears throat> do something fun as a family. And yesterday we had gone to get takeout. It was myself, Miguel, and my my stepson, Hyann, was in the car. And uh, we had food for five people and I was driving and we were driving to pick up my daughter from a friend's house. It's dark, not entirely familiar with my area. Somebody slams on their brakes in front of me. And so I slam on my brakes and I hear like just sodas everywhere. Like you could literally hear the cups crashing and like the ice flying. And I hear my stepson go, oh, should have held on to those. And I'm like in the car. So like it's just funny because first of all, I'm very particular about my car. I don't like my car being dirty. And, and I think that comes from years of having toddlers, right? Like they're now yep. teens. So I like my car being clean. But I'm sitting there and I told Joanne like I was saved by the darkness and the fact that I was in the car because I just squeezed that steering wheel super tight. I was so upset and I wanted to be like, what are you doing? But I didn't. I was able to breathe and calm down. And after like about five minutes, I was totally fine. So like by the time we got home, we were laughing about it. But that wouldn't have been my normal reaction because, like you just said, you, Joanne, and my husband have this very calm, zen presence. And when things go wrong, you both, I have been around the two of you, you both tend to be like, oh, it happens. And then you move on. You don't raise your voice. You don't snap. But for me, I'm a snapper. I, my, yeah, I'm like a little firecracker. I just go, what happened? So- I was like, I was thinking about that and I don't believe it's anything innate within within me or you. Like, I don't think it's like a hereditary or a genetic thing. Like, you're a yeller, you're not a yeller. And I was trying to think back and I'm like, why am, 
why am I not a yeller? People, people yeah. label themselves as like a yeller and not, and that doesn't, and that really isn't true. Like you're saying, it's not really that. It's not really that. I think it's I just think how so. you perceive the situation and what goes down because yeah. I, I grew up reading the babysitter club books. Did you ever grow up reading that? Yes. I had the, yeah. and I also did the like babysitter club little sister series. I like that one too. Oh, really? I oh, never yeah. got into those. I got into the super <gasps> special books where it was like somebody from each point of view. Did you read those where they went on no. a cruise? And, and you're like, please, could I get a babysitting job where they take me on a cruise? That oh, I know. Awesome. Right? Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. All the things. But in babysitters club, like one of the things they said is like, they're like, oh, babysitters like play with the kids. They don't just like watch TV and they like they have activities for them. And so I've always gone into working with kids is to be very interactive. And then I think what also um, got me is that, first of all, I, I my parents yelled. My dad lost his cool all the time, mostly against my little sister. Like he, she would get them so riled up. And she still does, Jamie. But <laughs> she gets us so- I love her to pieces. She knows it too. She kind of does it sometimes, pushes oh it up. Oh my gosh. But um, she's so riled up and there would be a lot of yelling in my house, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so I became a camp counselor and as camp counselor, you get training. Um, mm-hmm. You get like a week of pre-camp or whatever. And the person who ran it, her name is Judy, but she went by the name of Big Bird. And Big Bird was very okay. You cannot have a straight face when you're talking about Big Bird. And Big, Big Bird, Bird told me, <laughs> Big Bird told me <laughs> that that is a phrase Bird. I never thought I would hear from you, Joanne. I never thought the words and Big Bird would tell me. I don't, I don't Bird, think that. She, we we called her Bird. We were like Bird. Um, she was just so great with. With planning out this way, like we had a very calm camp. It wasn't about yelling at the kids. I mean, if the kids were standing on the side of the mountain and doing something that might lightly get them hurt, it would be like, hey, like you're allowed to yell then. There is no cliff diving off the side of the mountain. Do you hear me? But for like littler things, say they were just like not listening or, you know, doing stuff kids do, we had a lot of strategies that we could fall back on. So yelling wasn't the first strategy to use. And yelling was extremely discouraged because it was all about, you know, keeping your cool, being the calm one, um, making this a really loving, happy environment, which I think is one of the benefits of camp. You have this loving, happy environment. And so I, that's how I was introduced to working with kids. And then through the years and through things with my sister, I think I've just seen things go horribly wrong. And like, so most stuff doesn't bother me. For instance, there was, I heard your drink story and immediately I thought of the time where my dad and my sister were yelling at each other in the car and my mom and I had gotten out and it was, I can't even remember what it was about, but we had just gone to Starbucks. I think my sister was like 13 maybe. Um, but my mom and I were opening the door to our house and we heard this yelling in the van and then all of a sudden... My sister had a vanilla cream frappuccino. A vanilla cream frappuccino explodes over the front window of the car. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and 
eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick treatment. Trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Like she had gotten no. so mad. She, that threw, she it? threw her vanilla cream frappuccino oh, in the car. Snap! And, <laughs> and my mom and I were like, You're <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> like, get in the house, get in the house, lock the door, lock the door, lock the door. I don't want so, to like, sex. And she went, and I, think, and I think my sister was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and she like immediately went in the house too. And she she had to go and clean it up and everything like that. But that is what I thought about when your drink story happened. Because I'm like, well, it wasn't a vanilla cream frappuccino all over the front window of the car. Oh. So we're good. It's all good. We're okay here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah. It was funny though. Because like. So, and I think all of us have that story, right? Like, especially about things being spilt in the car. Because as soon as my daughter got in the car and like, 
I, she's like, uh, why is my seat wet? And I'm like, oh, we spilled some drinks. There's a towel. I always carry towels in the car. That's I still have that from when I had toddlers. There's always towels in the car. And I'm like, grab a towel at the back. And she gets in and she starts going like, oh, remember that time I spilled my ocean water in the back seat? Oh, you lost it, mom. And she's like telling the story about like when she was like five and spilled a drink in the back seat and how I completely lost my cool. And they always have such memories. Of yeah. That. And, and I'm like, like my kids. That sucks. My kids come back to it and she's like, mom, remember when you did this? And I'm like, no. I didn't do that. Sometimes I do feel like I'm being gaslit by my kids, honestly, when it comes to that, because I'm like, they're making me doubt my own reality here. And I don't think that happened. I don't all. remember. I will tell you, I do not remember that, but uh, it sounded like me. So I was like, I, said, uh, I just sat there for a moment and like, as she's talking, still driving home in the dark. And I just was like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. And she's like, mm-hmm. whatever. And it was, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Like we all it's have those moments where those things happen and they push our buttons. Some of yeah. us tend to do it more than others. And you know what? I think if you're in a household where it tends to be – and it's funny because you will be the exception to this analogy. But I think if you're in the household where you have to speak loudly to be heard mm. or um, where that's just like a normal conversation in the family to have raised voices, I think you might be more apt to go in that direction. Mm-hmm quicker than others. Again, like you're the, it sounds like you're the exception on this, but I think that a lot of people do tend to kind of just go with what they heard growing up. And so that's why it continues that way. And that's the interesting part in my family too, because I have a blended family, obviously. And my kids are used to me like raising my voice or snapping when I get upset. They also know that within about 30 seconds, there's going to be a, I'm really sorry. Like if that happens, like I, I don't yell all the time, but when I do yell, there tends to be like a repair afterwards. But my my husband is not like that at all. So my stepson, like if he hears my voice raise, like he at 22, he physically takes a step back because he's mm-hmm. not used to hearing that. And um, yeah, I think it's just kind of- yeah, That'd sure be my kids too. I ask at a louder voice. I'm like, hey, can you do the dishes? Mom, you don't have to yell at me. I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm not yelling. <laughs> I just had to get over the YouTube. YouTube is loud. To, yeah, I'm yeah. not yelling. I may, I may be a little more urgent, but this isn't a yell. But you bring up an interesting point. Like, I just, I don't know where, where the yelling comes from because I, I want to bottle it. I want to bottle it and like give it to as many people as possible because like yelling brings a lot of stress. I think to to the yeller. It does because you feel horrible about it if you've lost it. Yeah. Um, and it was saying normally when you're in that moment, right? You feel like mm-hmm. you're just not even yeah. horrible about it. Like you feel like crap in that moment because you're that angry that you're yelling. Yeah. And I mean, I've experienced that anger for sure. I have like been so insanely frustrated, like just last week, where I went into the kitchen and I gripped the counter and I'm just like, ah! <laughs> like, but it wasn't about my kids. I mean, it wasn't to my kids and I don't think they could hear me. It was in a spot where I could just release it. And I know, I knew I needed to release it. And when I was in that state, I'm like, oh, geez. Okay. This is telling me I am at my limit. I am at my limit. And that is why I am losing it. Because one of the big things that you pay attention to when you're trying to break the habit of yelling is just, it's about what comes before the yell. It's about what you have basically had to deal with before yeah. that causes you to be at that point. Because I mean, 
With the car last night, I mean, you didn't yell. Did you have big stressors that day before? Well, no, I could definitely tell you the stressors that were happening there. Like I was driving. I didn't know where I was going. Um, Mm -hmm. And the the car slamming on the brakes in front of me scared me. And um, Mm -hmm. I just like I had – I was already at a very heightened spot right there where like my anxiety was all really, really high. So Mm – and and that's just right there. That's not talking about like the rest of the day. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know about the rest of the day. I know I felt like crap because I'm still getting over the flu, but I know that those exact moments led up to the reaction that I had. Like that's why I wanted to yell because I was already anxious. It was that like think of it like a, a teapot, like where I was already boiling and that steam had to come out. And yeah, that's where it would have come I- out. I'm wondering, though, because you were able to keep it together in that moment. Like, you were able to calm down. So I'm wondering, like, hypothesizing here, armchair uh-huh. experting, if because you are getting over the flu that maybe your day went a little bit slower than normal and, like, you – even though you were at that heightened state of anxiety, you actually still had stuff left in your tank to keep it under control. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. it was less stress. Yes, I did not – you are 100% right. I can agree with that, that I didn't have a crazy stressful day that would have caused me to uncontrollably snap. Mm-hmm. I was able to yell I, in my head, but not in real life. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's it. I think it's like really paying attention to what state you're in and trying to manage that versus trying to stop yelling in the moment because there's no way you can stop yelling in the moment if you don't have anything left. Like Mo- Dr. Mona Badalaha calls it the body budget. Like if you or your body budget is over budget, like there's no way you can stop the reaction. There's no way you can stop the yelling. Yeah. I I was experiencing that actually this past weekend. We went down to Tucson to visit uh, my sister and my nephew. And my nephew's three and he – has so much energy, so much energy. He is like, like, and it's like the energy where you're trying to keep him from seriously hurting himself, Bree. Like he will climb up on kitchen counters and like uh, chairs and he'll be like rocking back and forth in the chair when he's trying to grab something else. So you're here trying to like get out dinner and he's rocking back and forth. And then all of a sudden, like the chair tips backwards and you have to jut out and grab him so he doesn't throw fell down and hit his head oh and gosh. um and that combined with like him coming just like just on you <laughs> like i was just eating dinner and like he comes and i'm in the corner in my parents kitchen and you have to like push in chairs to get to that corner and so like you're trapped in that corner yeah here comes under the chair my three-year-old nephew popping up and i'm like hi and he's like hi and he comes up and sits on my lap and then he gets like all of the like with his hands his messy hands and he gets stuff all over me and like it was so much sensory input to me that I am not adjusted to anymore that I was I I felt the like sensations I'm like I can't handle much more of this without snapping like I can't handle it so like if you're right here if you have a toddler, if you have a young child and you're giving yourself shame for yelling, there's a reason for the yelling. And I'm totally with you there. And of course, of course, you're losing your cool, especially yeah. if you have a very, very active youngster. Well, and of course, you're losing your cool too if it's if it if you're being put in an environment that you're not used to anymore. That's the other yeah. thing too. Like it's it's hard. And well, it's harder and it isn't harder. Like I think sometimes I have more patience. Like when I would 
go and work in the classroom, the preschool classroom, I had so much patience. Oh, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I wasn't in that environment all the time. But you're right. Like if I was at home and I had like a kid crawling all over me, I'd probably be like, no. Oh, my gosh. And he had this toy called Hammy. It's Hammy the hamster. And what Hammy the hamster does is imitates everything you say, but at a higher pitch. It's so (laughs) – Those are cute in the store, but not in real life. He was like, hi, hi, Hammy. And Hammy would go, hi, Hammy. And then he'd go, ah. And Hammy would go, ah. Oh, my God. I'd be like, I'm dying. I took it. I took Hammy the hamster and I'm like, Hammy's going to go in the other room. Hammy needs to take a nap. Okay, I'm going to take Hammy to take a nap. And he's like, no, where's Hammy going? And I run into the other room and I put Hammy on top of the refrigerator and I come back to my three-year-old nephew. I'm like, Hammy's sleeping right now. He's going and taking a nap. Let's go do something else. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't take it. My sensory overload was too much. I just had to, to make something in that moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yeah. So I think I think it's important to realize that being aware of everything you're feeling before the yelling incident is actually the key to stopping the yelling is to knowing when you're at that point and finding some way to remove yourself from the situation so that you can calm down. 100%. Like, And so those are those moments where it's okay to be like, excuse me, or to just stand there and be quiet and your kids are like trying to get your attention. Be like, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. 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 One more minute. One more minute. Like just take that time you need to to do what you need to to get, like you said, your body budget back to normal. Yeah. Normal level. And it's – if you have a parenting partner, like talk. Talk with them about being able to tap out. 
because that is something that I have with my husband. Like he taps, he doesn't talk to me about tapping out. That's something he needs to work on. He just puts his (laughs) headphones on and that's when I know he's off. He's like, he's, he's on, he's in his budget. And so like I try when he puts his headphones on and he goes to the other room, I try to keep every kid away from him because that's his sign that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to blow with me. I go to him and I'm like, I need to tap out and yeah. I need you to take this. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he goes, that's me too. Like I would come over yeah. and just be like, I can't. And he'll be like, I'm on it. I got I'm it. On it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So being able to, to do that. That's a huge one. Yeah. Yeah. So it comes from before and, and you need to be given time to calm down. Mm-hmm. But if it does happen, there's one thing you can do and that's repair. Yeah. And everybody can repair. That's the huge thing. So this episode is not only about what do you do to stop the yelling, but what do you do once the yelling happens? Because it happens. It's going to happen. And I think repairing is the best thing that we possibly can do because repairing shows our kids that we are human. We make mistakes and that we're okay with those mistakes and that mm-hmm. you can make mistakes and that you can, re- you know, Make amends after those mistakes. I like to say repair better than amends because most of the time when you yell at somebody, there's been some fracture to the relationship at that exact moment, a startle, Mm -hmm. a cry, a hurt feeling, something like that. And just saying like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to lose my temper. And then like also talking through what I could have done. I could have breathed. I could have told you that I was upset beforehand. Mm -hmm. That's like one of the most important – one of the – least used ones is to say when you repair something, it's, I'm sorry, I should have told you I was upset, or I'm sorry, I should have told you this sooner. Because a lot of times people can prevent things from happening if they know you're at an agitated state. Sometimes I go to my kids and I'm like, hey, I, I had a really, really stressful day. If you could just help me out and be really kind to me, I would really appreciate it. And they're like, whoa, okay. Okay. And they like take care of you that way. And when yeah. you repair, being able to say that to them, I should have told you this because I, I could have relied on you for help. Right. I mean, because wouldn't you love that if your kids had that communication skill back to you? I mean, I'm thinking about all the times when my kid was like school age, like elementary school age, how helpful it would have been to be like, I had a really hard day at school today and I just really need a snack. I really need a hug instead of us having to try to guess what was going on when they were having meltdowns mm-hmm. or as a teenager when they just growl at me, you know, and I'm like, ah, what happened? <laughs> I'm kidding. They, they growl. growl at me. They growl at me all oh, the time. Okay. There's no particular reason. I exist. Nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> sort of. I I get it. I get it with the teenagers. Sometimes it's, well, I don't say sometimes, but it's always due to something else. Like if you have a teenager and they're like being like snippy with you, it's probably not you. It is probably something else that went on in their day. Um, Or just those lovely hormones. (laughs) Yeah. You asking them a question at that moment has just put them over the edge. Their body budget is over the edge. Yeah. Um, and like knowing all this about yourself actually helps you be a little bit more compassionate to kids as well. Yeah. Because a lot of times like people come to us and they're like, okay, well, how how do we stop the tantrums? How do we stop our kids from yelling? And a lot of it is kids don't have as uh, matured nervous systems as we as adults have. Right. There is a lot that gets to them. 
and a lot that they have no control over, especially if um, your child has a neurodiversity, um, such as autism or ADHD. Like just sensory can, processing, anything along those or lines. Or sensory processing, yeah. anything. It's like me being followed by Hammy the hamster for like all day and then I would blow up. Like I would definitely blow up. Kids, they could have like an interaction with their friends at school. They could not be dealing with like a sweater that's too scratchy on their skin the entire day. Yep. And their nervous system is just done and their tantrum just comes out. And at that moment, it's more about knowing that they're dealing with a lot than actually stopping the tantrum. Because I think a parent's state, we hear a tantrum and we're like, oh my gosh, my kid is going to be unsuccessful long-term. They're going to have these. They're not going to be able to deal with life. You know, you know, our typical yeah. refrain, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Living my in a kid- van down by the river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no friends, nothing because they, they, they blow up too often. But really, yeah. so we- it's an immature skill. It's an immature skill and thinking in that moment instead of how to stop that, if you switch it to, wow, they're going through a lot right now, Yeah, it's going to calm you down. It's going to calm your reaction down and you're going to be able to think about next steps clearer rather than yelling back. You know, another thing that I think is amazing about this is that when you do do this and you talk to your kids and you say things like even from the, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to yell or saying right out the bat, "Hey, it's been a rough day. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of raw. If you could just be kind with me and gentle with me for the next couple of hours, that'd be great." Imagine the gift that that gives your kids because then they're going to start hearing those things and seeing those things and they're going to be like, "Okay, I'm going to be thoughtful about that with other people." And then as they go through in life, they see somebody that's kind of like seems grumpy, they'll be like, "Oh, I wonder if they're having a bad day. I'm going to be kind with them. I'm going to Get them because they're going to be more aware of those things. And what yes. a phenomenal gift is that? That's a huge gift. I would love for my kids to learn that skill of being more empathetic and being more thoughtful of others and positive communication styles and positive emotional regulation. So it also gives them a gift of knowing that it's not their fault. Yes. Like, I mean, how many times have you been around mm-hmm. somebody and you notice they're irritable and you're like, oh my gosh, they must hate me? <clears throat> yeah, but, <laughs> but it's or usually- you're mad because you're like, I didn't do anything. Why are they being so mean to me? And then you're yeah. like, Oh wait, yeah, you didn't do anything. They just had a crappy day and didn't sleep last night, and that's why they're cranky. But yeah, yeah, to have that be the first thing that goes through your mind versus thinking that it's yeah. all your fault and you're a horrible person and nobody likes you. I mean, I would love to give my kids Mwah. like that gift of confidence because the confidence also breeds the empathy for others. Like they go hand in hand. It does. So you're giving them a gift when you tell them you're raw and you need some kindness and yeah. gentleness. You don't have to power through it. It's actually better to talk about it versus pretending nothing is wrong. Gosh. Okay. I'm feeling very uplifted after this episode. I hope you guys are too. Uplifted. <laughs> I'm feeling my heart is feeling much softer right now. So it's it that's what happens like you you become like oh they're really going through something yeah. hard and your whole demeanor changes versus like feeling like you have to fight it the entire time exactly it's a release exactly so don't yeah. don't beat yourself up people you've got this you've got this no and if 
If you feel like you're a yeller, know that it is not ingrained in you. It is just a habit uh, that use some tips from this episode to help you be more mindful of it. And uh, we're always here for you. I mean, if you want a community who has your back, our balance program cannot be beat. It's where Bree and I coach you through parenting, through life skills. We make sure that you have something exciting that you're working towards in addition to having this close and connected relationship with your kids. And you deserve something like this. You deserve it. You deserve to spend time and money on yourself so that you could feel well, good and you have And control. like we just said, like not that investing in yourself and giving yourself that grace only further like enriches everybody else around you. Mm-hmm. It only further enriches your children, your friends, like everybody who interacts with you. So like we like we've said, like you are worth it. Like I, I forget which episode we had it in, but like you are worth the two dollar shrimp upgrade. You are worth it, man. Yes. You are worth it. So uh we put a link to our balance membership in the show notes. So go check that out. And until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.